When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker, coming to you live, direct, with all of the NBA content you could shake a rim at. Uh, this week, it's myself, Yassine James, joined by Sai. What's going on, bro? I'm good, bro. Oh, uh, yeah, you done that. Don't need to ask. To be fair, don't need to ask. Life is good. <laughs> Do you know what's mad as well? Sai, Sai was very, uh, how do I say it? reserved in his takes on the Harden trade. Now that he's seen 25 minutes of it, he's all over the gap and just can't, can't compose himself. I'm, I'm, I'm deliberately being disruptive. I'm, I'm okay. still I'm still biding my time, but I'll be disruptive for the sake of uh, all the detractors. In the spirit of the great disruptor himself. Greg, what's going on, bro? How are you? I'm doing well, man. Can't complain. How are you? All good, all good, all good. Uh, Canyon, what's good, man? I'm fresh on some Wednesday night chaos, man. I'm good. I'm very good, thank you. Wednesday night chaos, big, big, big shouts that people have got a bit upset with uh, on the on the Steph front as well. But thankfully, this is an episode where we don't have to talk about Mr. Curry. Curry watch is not on today, so so we're all good. Just a quick, just a quick run through of some news uh, from the NBA over the past sort of week. Um, Washington Wizards have decided that they stink so much that they just want to put this league season in jeopardy with five positive tests. That's a third of the roster. That is, I think, the definition of an outbreak. So there's there's some concern there. Um, we're talking now at a point where 13 games have been postponed in the NBA. More are probably going to come. Um, as of recent, it's been Timberwolves, hey, uh, Phoenix Suns. They've had games postponed, and it just seems like the NBA is going to crack on with that and, and see where it goes. I think I think they're banking on more of just a herd immunity thing more than anything else. So mm. hopefully, hopefully nothing too disruptive, but already certain big names have been out and certain games are being postponed, but we'll see how that rolls on. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, some injury news has broken his wrist. So the Trailblazers were already stinking the place up. Now they have every excuse under the sun to really just throw the season out. I'm glad I Someone sold my stuff. Save Dame Lillard, man. Someone needs to save that boy. Dame needs you to save what, himself. One of you saved. He doesn't want to be safe. He, he loves the game. He loves the hustle. He he's fuming. He's fuming. He probably, he probably like um, that that quote about "Welcome to the real world." You know, is what happens when four guys are zoned in on you. That's to really come back to slap him in the. It was wasn't that just before the sixty-two point game? It was just yeah. before, yeah. <laughs> just before, and things haven't got any better for Dame. Yeah, it's not. It's not looking great for for the Trailblazers. Glad I sold my stock. Kyrie Irving, your boy side. What a lovely. What a lovely. Advantage in life to just be able to piss away $850,000 because you didn't <laughs> go to show up for two days. And the thing about the Kyrie thing is, like, we know how the NBA works. Things get leaked ad nauseum. Like, you know what someone's had for breakfast if if they want you to know it. So mm. the fact that nothing concrete has come out about <laughs> these personal reasons and, and why, <laughs> it seems like he has just been like, you know, nah, not today, which is amazing. Um, Love it. He's on a sabbatical, man. Sometimes he he just wanted James to bed in. He just wanted James to bed in, not having, you know, too much going on. So, yeah, Kyrie's been fined two games worth of uh, of his wages and an extra 50k from the league. Chump change. Um, and then lastly, more sort of sobering news is Karis Levert in his trade, uh, his physical during the trade to the Indiana Pacers. Everyone kind of wondered why it was taking so long, why the Harden trade took a while to get announced and everything like that. Um, yeah, quite sobering in that there's been a sort of, a, me a mass of some sort found on his kidney. There's no further news on that. We don't know if it's something benign or something more serious, um, but obviously all thoughts over to the Levert family and everything like that. And yeah, in and amongst all the the glitz and the glamour of an NBA season and the narratives and the stories and everything, that is quite a sobering thing to hear. So hopefully all goes well for Karis Levert. 
Through the pod now, we are going to get into um, Lakers. We are going to get into Bucks. We are going to get into James Harden and the Nets, the newly stupidly stacked Nets. But first off, we're going to dial back to the Twitter where two nights ago, Dallas Mavericks, Milwaukee Bucks, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo were the subject of our courtside 1v1. We went a little bit away from the position-specific stuff and just thought, hey, European faces of the league. Luca came out in the poll, the listeners, the fans, the followers, 64% win over Yanis's 36. Nasty world we live in. Is it crack? Nasty world. Is, Is it crack? crack? <laughs> no, nasty world. You know, I'm going to come straight to you, Greg, as someone who I know passionately disagreed with this outcome. Yes. Why is that? What, first, okay, tell you, tell you. What, firstly, firstly, why would you take Giannis over? Because the whole thing we kind of we try and get rid of context because as much as possible. We try and kind of just see, say, right, boom, you're starting an expansion tomorrow. Who are you taking? Why Giannis? Yeah, he's been arguably, and I use the word arguably deliberately. He's been arguably the best player in the league the last two two years. I mean, you can put you know LeBron's name in there and so on and so forth, but you know it's not like. He's nowhere to be seen. You know, the guys averaged 27 to 30 a game last season, last two seasons. He's been, at worst, the top two defender in the league. So anytime you've got someone averaging 30 and then the best defender in the league, you're going to have a hard time convincing me to take another player over him. You know, uh, LeBron aside kind of thing. Um, no. You know, he has his flaws. He hasn't uh, you know, performed as well as he probably could have in the postseason both individually and as a team, the, the Milwaukee Bucks the last couple of years. But, you know, players are not perfect. They are human at the end of the day, uh, as much as they may seem not like, they're, like they're not. Um, so, you know, you've got to give Giannis his time. I think sometimes as, as NBA fans, you know, as a whole, we kind of look at superstar players and like, yeah, okay, it's year four, why haven't you won a championship kind of thing? Like, yo, give these guys some time. You know, um, he, he has his flaws, he has his downside. We know the last couple of years in the playoffs, you know, teams have built a wall against him. But I have no doubt in my mind that he's he's gonna adjust. And, and I, I think you, you made a you made a great point. You made a great point there about the playoffs and teams build this wall where they literally just collapse three or four guys, center it around him, just block mm. him up. But he still gets playoff numbers. He's, his his numbers are still are still nice. It's not like he's out there shooting, you know, thirty two percent and one hundred percent. And then you and then again the context of this one v one. Luca in the playoffs. Okay, yeah, two years only. I get that. I get that. Man hasn't won a series, so. You know, he's he, he played he played well in that Clippers series, you know, had the game winner, but you know, just give him some time. I think Luca is a nice player, again has his flaws, but he's not on Yanis' level yet. No Sai, I'm gonna come over Sai, I'm gonna come over to you because I know you are Mr. Why the fuck does no one care about defense anymore? I'm yeah. getting angrier and angrier <laughs> of everything I see on Twitter. I'm telling you, I'm... oh mate, like I don't understand, man, just because Whenever someone sees a step back, whenever someone sees a little dribble drive, they just get gassed, man. It's like Yanis, Yanis has been balling up. Yanis is the most dominant player in the league currently, and he's the best defender in the league. It's, it's literally that simple. Teams, teams focus on how to avoid Yanis when they're on offense, the same way they did with Kawhi a few years back. You don't do that with Doncic. You don't even really have to scheme too tough for Doncic, you just have to hope that he misses when when he's contested. So for me, I think it's in bad taste to shift the guy so high up the rankings just because, just because he's a bit more glamorous, just because he's he can a, a pretty shoot guy. at a better clip. Is 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 that? Well, you say shoot at a better clip. He's not this year. <laughs> precisely, precisely. This year, no, he's not. And this this is the funny thing about Luca, and I, I said it to you the other day. To be fair, and Yanis, I feel like. I'm going to come to you, Canyon, on your view about why this is so wayward. The two we've done so far, not wayward, uh, disproportionate. The two we've done so far, John Morant v. Trey Young, uh, Jokic versus Embiid, have both been, well, Embiid, Jokic was a landslide, and Jar, Trey, Jar beat Trey. Because leading MVP candidate at the moment is probably Embiid, but you know. Well, yeah, I don't know, but I, I'd say Jokic is actually <laughs> right, right up there this year, but but we'll, we'll get into that. But my point is, this is 64-36. This is... This is a, 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 a good margin of victory. And I, I don't really get why, like away from the play about what the perception of the players is. The thing with Luca and Yanis that I find is when you see debates about them, 
I feel like people always cling to kind of irrelevancies about them and the narrative takes over. Like people will never have Yanis in a in a good playmaker conversation because he's not a playmaker per se, but the guy That's has the ball in his hands. Player, huh? He's a high IQ player. Dude. He's high IQ. He's got good passing ability in terms of how he can drive it and drill it across the court. He knows where people are on kickouts. I'm not saying he's Luca with the creativity or Jokic, but he, that, that part of his game goes very, very, very underrated. He's already had two 10 assist games this season, one just the game before. Okay, it's Detroit, but hey. Um, and then Luca, people kind of bring up the, the three-point stuff. Like he hasn't come from Europe where there's less of an emphasis on it and he isn't still true shooting percentage and getting the ball in the right. basket every other which way. So it's, it's a weird one what people cling to, but Canyon, Luca getting 64% of this vote, what is it? Why have people just clicked on that one? What is it? Is it just perception? Is it what people prefer in players? What's, what's the deal here? It's because people are watching basketball through chalkboard lenses. They can't actually see. So what it is, yeah, for me anyway, is literally just the sexy stuff. Because Yanis, when we really think about it, if you want to equate it to maybe football, is pure pace and power when it comes down to it. Like, even though he's very much skilled in his, in his ways and it takes skill to be able to move like that at 6'10 and 6'11, whatever, as well as athleticism. So when it comes to it, Yanis is most likely to do his work and his highlight plays have all been elite levels of athleticism and we've really seen it. And so that's a, as, as harsh as it is to say, it's a dime a dozen, but of course he's doing at the most elite level right now. When he's got a player like Luca, and thankfully because of the rise of Steph in the last five years, you've seen that people are really appreciating these skill-based guys more, especially when they look a bit more normal. Um, newsflash, Steph Curry is six foot three, like most of you aren't, so he's also not normal, but that's whatever. Um, but Luca, not looking in the best shape, like these trim NBA athletes, he's obviously very skilled and is a lot less spice to his game in the sense that he's not as flamboyant in the sense as maybe other players might be. He just kind of does the work and it looks very, very pretty while he does it. So I think that's probably why people have aligned to it so much because he's not running and dunking over people one because he can't and two because his elite level skill that he has is so high <laughs> that it's put him in the stead of these top 10 players in the league where people can really see what kind of work he's doing so yeah that's kind of why I think they really people really prefer Luca at this point whereas the data shows otherwise you can't I can't really take a man over a two-time NBA MVP and reigning um, defensive player of the year just because his game looks nice ultimately Put the ball in the basket, man. And at the moment, even though we know Giannis can't shoot and Luca maybe shoots a bit better, but they both have their flaws, the person at the moment who's better at it is Giannis. And the, and the clear better defender, it's not even close, is Giannis as well. So I'm not really sure. Like, if you break it all down, the only thing that Luca might have over him that's, is playmaking and ball handling. That's so that's it. It's just yeah. people like the sexy stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it sometimes. But if you can't stop it with, like, Giannis, cool. So that's it, rem- it reminds me of when people talked about Shaq back in the day. Exactly. In the early 2000s. Like, they say, oh, he's just strong. Oh, he just dunks. That's all he does. It's like, actually, he's 7'1", 320 pounds. His footwork for someone of his size and his footwork, regardless of his size, is impeccable. Um, you know, he has a soft touch around the basket for, for a big of that size. But people just didn't like the fact that his game was predicated around, you know, strength and power and just dunking, dunking and, and, and layup. So, you know, they'd come up with all these excuses as to why they'd want another player on their team. But, you know, Shaq was busy winning, winning scoring titles and MVPs and eventually, you know, championships and finals MVPs. So Wait, Hold on. Is, is Yanis shooting better from three than Luka? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Hey, <laughs> so, listen, no, that, that, that whole Yanis' whole been, uh, uh, criticism. Form, Bro, and form. this is the thing, right? Yanis is Yanis is form, like it looks weird, but it's actually not so for, for a guy his a, size push, and his skill set, it's not bad. Wheel up the blood clot, DJ, because I'm hearing that he's supposed to be the better shooter. And if I look at the numbers, hate to be that guy, well, he's not. Nah, Luka's this is but this is my point. The Luca thing is 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 skewed. He's not actually a shooter. He's he's an inside mid range fundamental spin move, get in the post, assist out of it, guy. Get his free throws. Blah blah blah. I've heard it before. Shot maker instead of shooter. But he's not. A, he's not a shooter like that. But he pulls off difficult ones and big ones and highlight ones in close games which kind yeah. of makes everyone think he is. And, and look, what, third year in the league? So, okay, yeah, cool. That could that could improve and, and everything like that. It's, it's funny you bring up Shaq, uh, Greg, because it is something I want to touch on, right? There was a very unavoidable and ugly stat line coming out of the Bucks' win over the Mavericks 
112 to 109 was the final result. Porzingis chucked up a air ball in the closing seconds, um, which is one thing I do give to Luca. We're not going to talk about Luca anymore. One thing I do give him is from when Hardaway Jr. is your most consistent backup threat at the moment, considering injury and consistency. That's that's not a playoff team, but anyway, and I like Hardaway Jr. That game could have been a lot closer had uh, our Yoruba Greek friend not gone a ugly, ugly, ugly one of 10 from the free throw line. He is, let me get the stat up. He is only one of four players in NBA history to shoot less than 10% from the line in a game in illustrious company. Al Horford, I'm surprised at that one, but in illustrious company with Andre Drummond and, and your boy Shaq, his kind of old school, I guess, most comparable player. There's a lot of kind of talk and this and think pieces on Yanis' form and, the, and they've, they've rejigged his form once with Jason Kidd in the era there and they've rejigging his form again and now they're getting a coach in specifically to talk about his form. I can't help but just think, if I'm Yanis, I'm like, bro, I'm elite at like seven out of ten of the most important things <laughs> yeah. in the game. Just fuck off yeah. and leave me alone. <laughs> just leave me alone. Like, he's, got, something... he's regressing as a shooter as a result of it. Is this not going to yeah. just get him in his head more? Well, I think he, he does need to improve his shooting. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think, you know, he can only survive so long with the way he plays. It would be nice not for him to become, you know, Ray Allen from three-point land, but just to have a, a decent, consistent mid-range jump shot. You know, he doesn't need to, uh, as much as people will, will say that he does, he doesn't need to be lights out from three-point range. Um, mm. His form seems to be more of like a, a two-part push jump shot rather than like a consistent jump shot. Um, but I think to, to go back to your point about like him being elite at like seven out of 10 things on the floor, fans in the media seem to have this thing about trying to change players from what they are into something else. And you saw it with like Dwight Howard in the late 2000s, like people wanted him to, wanted him to be like Hakeem one in the post. And it's like, he's he's not, you know, he's, he's six. He's not. He's got shoulders. You've summed it up there. He's, he's not. Just leave him alone. <laughs> like, just let him catch the ball, jump hook, pick and roll, finish lobs. He's not going to start averaging 32 a game. He's a 22 and 14, two blocks type of guy. Like, he can be elite at that. He doesn't need to be something else. And it's the same with Yanis. Like, he's got the God-given ability to damn near jump from the free throw line and jump over someone. He doesn't need to be shooting 42% from three-point line. And, and you say that, and you say, I, I get that, this is, this is where my concern is that it's got into his head a little bit. If you actually look at the numbers of this win, he was 40% from three, two of five. That's enough to open up all the lanes to drive. That's enough to make people to be worried about him having it at the top of the key. Despite being one of 10 from the line, he's still got 31 points in a win. That, and he's still, from the, from the field in general, 14 of 21. So, like, I can't help but feel like this is to the detriment with the playoffs, where they are just going to now just, if the free throw thing stays as a problem, he's at career low, they're just going to hack him, hack him, hack him. And I feel like you're... Yeah, up, though. You, can't, you can only hack forever. There's only so many players you have in, in your bench <laughs> during the playoffs that you can really throw at someone to hack because your rotation gets smaller during the playoffs. And well and mm. true, like you say, he's got, what, 31 points in a win and he was one of 10. So he stops and scoring nine extra points. Big whoop. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, this well, is... This, really, this, 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 what you're doing is kind of maybe just slowing down his momentum a bit because you really can't stop him anyway because there's only so many fouls you can give. It's it's weird though. He he gets a lot of he gets a lot of focus put on him, but I think Budenhauser is more under the spotlight. Than well, did you know what? Else. This is what I want to come to now. Really, Definitely. this is what I want to come to. Like the Bucks, I feel not. We haven't been guilty of it because they've kind of just rolled on doing exactly what they usually do. They're number one in offensive rating, fantastic. They're eighth in defensive rating but there's not a lot in that at all. They're number two in net rating, just off the Lakers, who we're going to get onto later in the episode. The number one in effective field goal percentage of the season. All the stats that they want to be top same of. Mode, top same old, same old, though. Well, this is exactly it. Same old, same old. And so I feel like part of the reason they're not being covered, it, we kind of touched on it earlier in the season. There's just such a caveat on them now. They're like, they've almost, they're, they're, they're under the same sort of rules that Paul George and the Clippers are. It's just like, all right, great. But we've seen this before, and it's where's it going to block? I think watching them against Dallas and a few times this season, I think Drew is a really nice upgrade to Bledsoe. I think he's just more versatile than Bledsoe. I think he can take on more assignments defensively. He was quality on Doncic last night. Similarly, Mm. he got his looks and his shots and his free throws, but he was forcing him into tough, tough, tough makes. 
I'm much more confident of Drew Holiday making the right decision with the ball on his hands. The only thing I can really see as different in what the Bucks are doing this year compared to previously, they're taking even less twos than they usually would. Oh. But if you actually look at not so much UCs, not so much anything else, but who actually has the ball in their hands for a amount of time, this is the first time in a little while Yanis has dropped his third after Middleton and Drew. So that's an interesting little wrinkle. But is it enough? Like, have they changed enough to be taken as a favourite rather than an also-ran, which is what their postseason is going to suggest that they are? They need to multiply that by some more. Get the ball in DiVincenzo's hand as well. Obviously, Yanis is going to Yanis. But if he... It's not going to happen. But if he could be the fourth in usage on that team, third or fourth, and keep it there, perfect. Especially because you can build good habits. Well, he's still going to be like, he's still highest in usage because the shots are coming out of him. Yeah, but yeah, I agree but with you. Like, he's habits early because it's like, moving, it's moving. We'll, we'll lock in in playoffs. And as you as we've seen over the years, when teams say they'll lock in, the playoffs, they never do. Just shut up because you build habits throughout the season. You can't suddenly say, Oh, now I'm going to focus when you have 82 reps doing the same thing. And now mm. in a 17 game span, you think you're going to change all of I'd like you to keep that energy when we talk about the Nets in a second. But anyway, Greg, <laughs> Greg from. I would say one thing about the Bucks so far is that you mentioned also Yanis has had two tennis games. Um, if you see, he's he's becoming a lot more comfortable with like getting the ball like just above the free throw line and then finding shooters on the wing. Mm. And I think that is not by accident. I think the coaches realized that you know, come playoff time, there's gonna be a wall against him. There's gonna be a lot of attraction yeah. um, on him. So he needs to be able to find his shooters. And you know, you've seen like the last two games they played, he had 30 something versus the Pistons which, you know, albeit all things considered, it's the Pistons. But um, the game before that, I think, versus the Mavs um, or the Magic, he had 10 assists. And it was like only 20-something points, but you could see he's feeding his players. Yeah. This is the other thing, I guess, with them, is it's what's around him. And I, I like DiVincenzo, a really nice little player. Um, Brooke Lopez. That Bogdanovich, that Bogdanovich piece would have, would have made all the difference. Do you know what, though? Bogdanovich has been, he was, he's been okay this yeah, year. I've actually looked at him at Atlanta a little bit and been like, Really? You were going to just tamper all over for... He did get hurt as well, though. So, again, bit of a caveat. He's got to get back into the flow of things. Okay. And, okay. and I, think it's, I think it's different when you're playing on a team that runs and guns versus well, also, a team yeah, that has... He's a small boy, you know, he's 28. Because he was a rookie at 25, I think, because he was obviously playing in EuroLeague before. And everyone thought, oh, just this nice young piece we've got. No, this is a grown man. And we probably would have slotted <laughs> in a lot better on a contender, whereas you'll kind of find your feet. Atlanta, because he's doing this thing at Sacramento, but Atlanta are in that, like we said, that kind of middle ground, so, you know, they're going to do well, are they going to do badly, and how are we going to fit all these pieces in, especially one that's had this much hype, when uh, arguably a top three contender in the league wants you, but they obviously tamper and says no, and you end up at Atlanta, so we'll see what happens with him. Right, look, moving on to someone who are very much a set known quantity in, in the Bucks and kind of are just tweaking what they have to try and hopefully add enough of a, of a new dynamic that the playoffs isn't going to be completely figured out. I think it will be remiss not to talk about a certain panellist team right now who are anything but a non-quantity. They are still way up in the air. We have no idea what's going to happen with, with the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, James Harden, trade finalised. My, my favourite thing about this whole thing is... The story that came out from a Sixers beat writer the other day, which is on the Twitter, which is that the Rockets were never going to deal with the Sixers after what Maury did yeah. in, in leaving for personal reasons to then go work with them for a year or family reasons to spend more time at home. They rang them up. Sixers thought the deal was happening. Then they rang up Brooklyn and said, look, we've got this deal with uh, the Sixers sorted out. They never even rang the Sixers back before going through with the trade. So the Sixers allegedly, allegedly, allegedly even briefed Simmons and Thibault's agents to tip them off that pack your bags, boys. I hope Houston's nice at this time of year. So that is my favourite little wrinkle that, that the fact that, look, Ben Simmons has basically potentially been told, yeah, uh, he was expecting it anyway, I guess, but yeah, you, you're on the move and then to not be. So I think that's a nice little wrinkle to that Harden story, which is just hilarious because there was time where we kind of all thought that, that was they were a real, real player. But uh, Rockets weren't, weren't going to go on that one. Harden made his debut last night for the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he was, as, as has been all over the Twitter, he was on his best behaviour. Like, Inject it. Especially for the first half of 
the the game he was the only turnovers like you kind of alluded to yeah. on the group chat side were from trying lobs or or really just finding people even when they had yeah. no right to be found by the way he was giving it to, he was giving the ball to people when they had three men on him but he just wanted yeah no 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 this is what we're doing we're, we're, we're sharing the ball today i'm not here to be uh the the solar system of harden um he looked he looked very very good let's 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 put it that way he looked very very good he be, defended he was doing everything what are you he was oh, doing he everything was oh no he got a strip he was playing defense do you know one of them ladies like, like, and, goes, and swipes no, it. He did that he was, and took the pass thinking he was he was staying with his he was staying with his man off ball as well he wasn't he wasn't hiding I and he, the best bit were the claps. That's when you know someone's there to show. It was the claps. It was the points to the rookies. Get back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coverage, coverage. Rotate. Harden, look, Harden finished. I think he was the first ever 30-point triple-double on a debut with a new team. Um, finishing with 14 assists. I think seven or eight of those were in the in the first half. Um, 32 points. Eight turnovers. <laughs> How many nine, turnovers? Nine, nine, nine turnovers. We'll close our eyes to that, man. See no evil. What, quadruple double? I cannot read this. because I can't see the sign because I can't read. <laughs> so it, but I think the question I've got now, I think he looks great. I think he could be a great fit. He, he even laughed in his press conference when they asked how his conditioning was. Great. I mean, it's not. I think this is where people people need to come out of both camps, by the way. There's people who have seen him in a sweatsuit and a fat suit and thought that's really him. And then people who have said he looks fit already. No. They, they can both be true. He was in some sort of sweatsuit and he doesn't actually he doesn't actually have a belly, but he doesn't look as fit as he usually does. He looked like he was blowing after each quarter. So I think he will play into his condition a little bit. But look, the, the main thing I've got to say about this is is the Kyrie thing. So, Sai, you're the Nets fan. Is this going to be seamless? Because Harden, with the ball in his hands, and KD as his running mate, looked excellent. It looked really, really, really workable. Kyrie has to be the guy off ball, no? I mean, the same no. the same could have been said from KD and Kyrie's first games together. Mm-hmm. They looked excellent too. So I think I think again it's new toy syndrome for a lot of people where it's like, oh, they look so much better than Kyrie and KD did it. It's f- fucking seven games. Like it wasn't a lot to begin with. Do you get what I mean? I think for me, Kyrie will definitely be the guy off ball as he was doing when Spencer was playing as a lead guard for a lot of possessions when he was fit. When Karras was playing with those two, he was playing on ball as well. So, again, it's, it's one of those things, man. Like, I think they can make it work. It's not going to be seamless because you've got three players who are superstars at the end of the day. Three guys who at any any given time can take over a game, any given time can go for 10 possessions where they're just a walking bucket. They're all going to have to adapt. For me, though, James Harden is going to be the one to make the most concessions. We've never seen him with a usage rate as this James Harden lower than like 30%. So he's going to have to, he's going to start having to make those adjustments and start to be more of a, more of an unselfish facilitator than I'll give you the shots I don't want, if that makes sense. Yeah, he'll be fine. I think... One interesting thing with, with this three is that, like, it doesn't have to be either or. So, like, Harden in his early days, and I know this is going back a few years, well, more than a few years, when he was with the Rockets, he used to play off the ball. He used yeah. to take mid-range jump shots. He took a mid-range jump shot, I think, near the elbow oh, yeah, um, yeah. during the game, and, like, Twitter erupted. They were like, oh, Harden sort of mid-range. is <laughs> uh, like, his first in, like, three or four years. So, yeah, we've seen Harden do it before, albeit this was, like, six, seven years ago. Um I do think Harden plays the traditional point guard better than Kyrie does. Um, and you even saw the kind of duality that Harden has. You know, he started the game uh, quite passive by design, wasn't taking a lot of shots. He finished the game with 14 assists and still had 30. So he played half the game, not even looking to score, and he still dropped 30. It's and you bring up an excellent point, Sai, about like um, about uh, Kyrie and Kyrie and, and Durant. It's amazing how people have such short memories. You know, they've kind of forgotten how good they looked for the first six, seven games of the season already. But yeah. I, I would like to see, you know, all, uh, Harden and, and Kyrie take it in turns to run that kind of point guard position. Uh, even though I do think Harden plays the traditional passing point guard better than Kyrie, it doesn't mean to say that it has to be either or. They can they can both gel together, I think. Precisely. I, I, for me, I don't want to see the ball in Kevin Irving's hands again. 
If you are you know I mean? <laughs> like, leave it out. <laughs> no, to, be kid, <laughs> <laughs> to be very honest, yeah. Like we saw it, like Greg said, you saw the duality of Harden. Like he called, he was eight of eighteen off the top of my head and like three of ten from three or whatever. Um like, like you said, the first half of the game, he wasn't really trying to to score. And when when the game was still close because and Ross didn't go away, he was like cool head down. Let me just run yeah. the basket and do what I can do. And like Greg said, like ultimately, when it comes down to it, I think Harden is, I don't want to shit on Kyrie, but he's a much, much better playmaker than him. And the fact is, he's also bigger and stronger. Like at one point, he got an offensive foul. And I was thinking, he just put brushed this guy out of the way without even doing much. And that's something that you can definitely use going late into the season, especially when you want to playmaker and the, and the paint is clogged. If Kyrie goes in there and it's that clogged and he makes contact, He's not looking to pass the ball, where I think Harden could probably still make that pass. This is why I'm interested that Saez said that Harden makes the sort of allowances. He will I, in the sense that he won't he won't come out aggressive. He just got to feel, like he said, the aim is to get everyone else going. I know we made fun of it, like, let's get Joe Harris going and whatever. But in terms of like KD, like we know what he does. He doesn't so, mind just standing there and then getting the ball and they'll let him do what he wants. And he'll get it when he gets it. But for him and Irving, I think it's like finding a nice balance. But I think... The reason, the reason I, I point out Kyrie not necessarily having to change as much as Harden is because we've already seen him do that. We've seen him be on like 16 shots per game, which for these three guys is quite a low amount of shots per game. If you look at Kyrie's numbers in comparison to say a lot of his contemporaries, whether it's Dame Lillard, Harden, Westbrook even, in terms of how many of their points come off assists. It's only when Irvin dribble drives, breaks down his man, drives to the basket and does his, his elusive finish, finishing at the rim, or even little middies, where a large percentage of his points come off of uh, unassisted looks. Whereas from free, he's very much a spot-up shooter at times. He's very much give me the ball off a drive or whatever, or off a handoff, and I'll shoot it. So he has a lot of assisted threes, whereas James Harden literally has the least unassisted, the least assisted threes made in the league. So that's that's where that's where we have to look at what their actual DNA as players are. That's fine. James Harden. Say that again. We can live with that though, because like he said, I think the ball. As much as we get onto Harden for holding onto the board as much as possible and Kyrie doing his thing, I think if you guys want to succeed from the outside looking in, I think obviously James Harden will adapt and take far less shots and take on the playmaker role much more. But I think if you want to succeed, the ball needs to be in his hands as much as possible. As much yeah, as possible. Yeah, and, and this is what I'm excited to see. I think Kyrie, is might, Kyrie might start becoming the most overqualified off-ball sort of shooting guard anyone in the NBA oh, has. Just, cool, baby. Yeah, just because Harden, Harden just with the ball in his hands, like people forget this whole pound the ball into the ground. Da, 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 that was bad design. It wasn't just, oh, Harden's going to go and do that today. Whereas he's coming into a very, very different system now. So it'll be interesting to see. I think while the debut was nice and exciting, the, the first game that all three of them play together is going to be the one where okay. it's just like, all right, Greg, you're going to have to rush home even quicker. Uh, yeah, than you right. did last night. <laughs> Greg, what are your thoughts on, on the three as a tandem? Because I want to come away from the offence in a minute, but I want you to get a last word. Yeah, I will say, you know, as much as Kyrie likes to dribble and isolate, uh, a few of those games earlier in the season when KD wasn't playing or, or maybe KD's on the bench, the Nets did struggle to create shots without, um, with, without KD there and without Kyrie there. So, you know, when you see Kyrie on the floor by himself, he does have the ability to take over a game and create shots not only for himself but for others. I think offensively they're you know overqualified. You know you got Kyrie, you got Harden, you got KD. Joe Harris is probably smiling ear to ear, knowing he's going to get probably two or three open. Joe looks Harris <laughs> has no idea how good he's got it right. Do you see he got a trim yeah. as well for the Harden yeah, debut? Exactly. Did anyone else yeah, notice that? Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. I saw that nasty. I saw it. Yeah, I think he did it himself, but he still got spruced up. <laughs> Oh, listen, he knew, he knew what was coming. He knew he was going to be on camera a lot more this year. I've seen the new tattoo and the new hair. Like, that, you can't fool me, buddy. He, he's got confidence as well. He, even, it was him speaking to KD yesterday. That's the first time I've seen that. Look, the, the, the one thing about the Nets, and it has been since the start, and it's not going away, and you do think they're going to have to use these roster spots, uh, that they have two, I think, the disabled player exception and just an open one in any way. Um, that, which we'll talk about later because there's no real links at the moment and everything like that. 
They're going to have to focus more on the defensive end. That's obvious. I guess yeah. the problem is, Canyon, you made the point just completely without even realising that flipping the switch isn't always the easiest done thing. Doesn't exist. Kyrie himself at the Celtics in the second year, when things weren't going right, was saying, we're good. We'll flip the switch. I'm here. La, la, la. It's fine. Playoffs will come. It, it, you do need some continuity. The Nets at the moment are eight and six in terms of wins to losses. Whenever they've missed one of Kyrie KD, it, it, those losses have sort of crept in. Obviously, now they've got the insurance of James Harden. But a question came in on the Twitter, which I thought just put it perfectly because last night, the Orlando Magic, this is not a full straight Orlando Magic. There's no Markel Fultz. There's no Jonathan Isaac. Um, who else are they missing? No Evan Fournier. This is just not... A, they, and I saw them play the night before. They were on the second night of a back-to-back and they were fucking atrocious against Celtics the night before. The question coming on the Twitter from Adji was, what are the Nets going to do about defence against the better teams? Yeah. KD and Harden went for 74 and they only won by seven. I'll tell you what they'll do. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Basically, you score, I score. No offence, Simon. We've seen, like... I know Sai was, si was happy that Harden came, but for what you gave up, be it like Levert and Jarrett Allen and so forth. I would have like, preferred, I'd have preferred to keep it how, how it was, if I'm perfectly honest. I would have. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm proud of that. And we, we said it in the group earlier. We were saying, like, they've sent, obviously, Jarrett Allen to the, the, the sunny peaks of Ohio. But DeAndre Jordan is a husk of his former self. Like, this is the same man that baptised Brandon Knight, for those that remember. And this guy's <laughs> head used to be at literally the top of the backboard. And now... He can barely catch Ali Hughes. We saw last game. He can barely catch him. Yeah, he fumbled so, a few. Can't move his feet as well as he used to. Not that he was great before, but if you switched, you'd be like, okay, he's here. We'll see what he can do. Now that doesn't exist anymore. And then you want each of your guys to give you 25, 30 from your main three. That's not going to happen if you want them to play defense as well. And then Joe, Hart, Joe Harris, sorry, like I said, I'll lace him up. I'll give him seven at least. And he's 6'8". <laughs> so, yeah, man, I don't... Um, to the listener, I don't think there's any much they can really do. To be fair, other than like it's try hard, it's kind of, kind of, like the hot it's kind of weird that they've added to their strengths and detracted from their weaknesses. Precisely, that's exactly I, what they've I, done. Yeah, Tony, baby, let's go all in. Let's go yeah. all in. One thing I will say though is is the way the the way the roster is constructed currently isn't what it's going to end up being, and even within the weaknesses that we have, when the stars aren't all on the floor, aren't all going on offense we do see a lot more activity on the defensive end. We are getting stops, but in a lot of situations, we're not getting the board to secure the defensive possession. And if we are uh, getting the defensive board, we're turning the ball over a lot. So they're still getting 20 more opportunities to score than we are. So I think I think it's important to compartmentalize what the issues are. I think turnovers have been an issue. Defensive boards have been an issue. And then obviously when, when the stars are on the court, We've just got a bunch of offensive guys, so they're not actually playing defense in no situation. So I think there's three parts to it that need to be remedied, remedied separately. So what, 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 what do you... I don't want to get too into it because it's more conversation for a, a, another day, but we're going we're gonna to sort of talk Lakers in a minute. You, and we talk chemistry as well. There was a good point made uh, by Hot Take Hizzy about sort of first year together of big threes, right? And he brought up sort of Wade, Bosch, Bron not getting their title in their first year. I guess if you go back a few years before that, Garnett, Pierce and Allen did get their title in their first year. So it can work and it can't in terms of finding the right balance, the right chemistry and the right reps. In a season like this, which is so up in the air and people are missing games all all over the place, and you're saying that the, the roster is still to be completed and we don't really know if it'll be a deadline move or whatever, what are you going to do to not just be the Atlanta Hawks on steroids? Like, how 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 realistic is it? Because you can't, like we said on our on our emergency pod, you can't waste a year of Durant. You can't waste a year of these guys on their player options and contracts. So mm. you need to you need to work like immediately now. Do you know what I mean? I mean you can't trade Kyrie. Yeah, that that'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be great. So, I mean, oh, I don't I'll think it, I don't think it would happen. But I think the the easiest path to perfection as a team would be to wait a few games, see Harden and KD click. This is like a dream scenario. See Harden and KD click like they did in the first game. You know, Kyrie continues to, to act a little bit weird and then they ship Kyrie out for essentially depth and defence, which is what they're missing. 
So basically, so, so Rick Gunn himself, like, Jeff, has tweeted that as well, and it would be hilarious if it happened. It would be yeah, the Spencer dream. Is I can't lie to you. It would be the dream. Spencer, Spencer D is out. Levert is gone. Allen is gone. So that's offense, uh, defense, and depth that is is depleted. And you think you look, you have Kyrie. It's like, well, he's not as great as Harden. He doesn't play the point guard as good as Harden. He doesn't score as good as Harden. He's, you know, on PTO half the time that he's here. Okay, let's trade Kyrie and get some actual defense and depth. I think and, that is a roster that would go up against the Lakers. And don't like we can't, And as much as people, as, you're absolutely right in the PTO. Like, bro, as much as people overdo the Kyrie personality thing, like, I can't. You can't escape the fact that this might have forced their hand just a bit. And even the leaks that come out, apparently him and Nash just aren't really on the same page mm. at all right now. They still have been told like, yeah, yeah, he's coming back and he's really keen and he's really excited, but Nash still don't have a date for that. So it is <laughs> well, still a bit that, of a that weird... Did, that did get halted by the, by the health and safety protocol. So there is a... Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Because going out without a mask, yeah, that's cool. Um, that's fine. That's absolutely... That's not <laughs> on him at it. all. They've all been doing it. They That's not on him at all. Well, between between Kyrie and the Harden, yeah, you got two real anti-maskers there in the in the gaff. Um, look, let's go from sort of pretenders, if you will, who need to maybe get some more together to the reigning champ, Scott and Canyon. This is this is your you got the floor, mate. This is what you came on here today. I, I'll be right. I'll be real, uh, and I shouldn't really say this as a podcast host. Maybe it's unprofessional. I haven't watched much of the Lakers this year because you know they just make me sick. What we do, listen. They make me sick. What I have seen has been very, very efficient. Uh, they've moved the ball really well. I think Gasol is a really nice regular season addition. Um, they they they're managing to experiment without dropping too many games, which is impressive. From when like they're trying to work on. Uh, Montrezl Harrell having little jump shots from 15 yards is is. Schroeder looks like he's settled in nicely. LeBron's yes. playing well. LeBron's taking bets mid game, which is forcing people to leave because they're like, "I'm done with this shit." Um, <laughs> it's rolling along nicely. They're changing up things slightly. They're moving the ball quite well. They're scoring. They're defending well. They're right up there in net rating. Tell us what I've been missing. Tell us what listeners have been missing. If they haven't been keeping an eye on the Lakers. Um, you didn't miss much. Don't be surprised about the score lines. I mean, the only surprise one was how close the Bulls game was. And because obviously I had to go a bit superhuman there in that game. But in terms of in general, like, I don't think we faced any real challenges either, as harsh as it is to say. Like, we're playing well. And like you said, the pieces are gelling nicely. And I don't really expect much else. Like, this is the same thing we saw last season before the, the break came and the bubble. Like, they were kind of just going going through the motions while getting those good habits in. The only good habit I kind of want to see instilled this year is Kuzma because he's been paid now. And so I just kind of want to see him just continue to kind of like grow a bit because he showed some signs of maturing. But then again, this is still early season, so we'll see. And cool, what we played recently, what? Rockets, Bulls, Rockets again, Pelicans and the Thunder. Like, put the hurt on the Thunder like they stole something. And then the Pelicans too. So these things weren't to be unexpected. I want to see us against one of the better teams. I want to see us against Philly. I want to see us against the Bucks. I want to see us against the Clippers again because they beat us that time. So I just want to see like, how it progresses and how they deal with a bit of adversity because right now, like you said, it's just going through the motions and getting guys as comfortable as possible. And the only real worry I might have later on is the defence, but I think maybe Vogel's system, what we saw last year, will do us good because we've not got better defenders this year than we do last year. But what we do have is the same coach and almost the continuity of the main guys are kind of still there. Because we know Gasol can't defend the lick. Um, yeah. So neither can Harold. But then what I blame on Harold not defending, like obviously he had his personal stuff in his life and he was injured a bit and Doc was being Doc. So hopefully we might see a bit more dreaming, but we know. So yeah, I think that's the only kind of thing people have maybe really missed, like maybe some signs of defence. But we'll just... Small little point on the centre thing. You'd be flying if you never just tossed Zubac away, by the way. Oh, oh, listen, I, know. I don't know why you did that. I don't know why... But anyway, charge that one to the game. But yeah, if that, if anything, I think our main points, our starting five, is strong enough to deal with more or less all of them. It now just weirdly enough, I think personally, it will just come down to our defense because I don't think we're that explosive offensively. It's just that we're better run than the teams thanks to having LeBron and AD, and obviously a good piece like Schroeder. Those three is the he's a perfect complement to them. And from there, we'll see what's going cracking. But after that, I don't think anything else can really be surprised that we'll see in the regular season. Any thoughts? I was going to ask you about what do you think about Gasol because I've seen a few Laker fans on my timeline getting annoyed with his 
with his play, especially defensively. Um, um, I'm not annoyed at him because I don't know what people expect. Like, obviously, they were chasing Ibaka a bit, but then obviously they gave him the call down in LN on the other side of the noisy neighbours. So they said, yeah, cool, come over. So I don't know what they really expected on the market for centres at that cost that we had. It weren't really there. Like, JaVale... I'm not really mad he left. Maybe Dwight, he said he wants to get paid more, went for the same money. Well, don't forget, Dwight tweeted he was staying and that half an hour later, cut. I don't yeah, know what happened. Like, there. Maybe he just wanted to just have a bit more, more say in what he did. But Gasol, I'm not mad at him because I don't expect anything else. Like, this is a husk of his former self. Like, he's obviously, yeah. he's got the mind, but his body can't do it. And that's fine. But that can kind of be counteracted by the team. And I think will get more and more and more minutes of AD at the five, especially later in the season. As much as you might hate it, it's a necessity. So, yeah, I can't be mad at this. So people need to realise he's like 43 years old. Like, what do you expect? I think it'd be interesting on, on... to see the matchup between um, when we do see Lakers and Nets play, well, if it's regular season or, you know, eventually finals, to see uh, KD at the four versus Gasol versus AD at the five versus DeAndre to see <laughs> who can abuse their, their matchup more. Listen. I was just watching. I was just watching Sai's face to see if anything twinged when you said DeAndre, and he kept a good poker face there. But even I felt a bit <laughs> sick hearing about that match. Thing I, is, I, I think I the next, the next, the Lakers is kind of gonna be the matchup I kind of wished Houston, LA was in the bubble in the playoffs. In that it yeah. is shooting from everywhere, every angle, unstoppable scoring, the two best scorers in the league. But then size is actually a really good point that's kind of been made against these nets is like DeAndre's finished and no one else can handle any sort of post play or inside game really on the nets. Whereas yeah. whereas the Lakers is, is a flipper that I think Gasol is is finished in his own way as well, but he can still create from, from the high post and then Harold's a good sort of energy guy in terms of getting to the rim and stuff. I think that matchup is well look, put it this way, I think that matchup is Amazing and to watch as a neutral, but it's also what pe- the likely matchup in the finals if if it all comes good for both those teams. So where do you lot see that as of right now? How do you see that working well, out? Van Gundy made a, an excellent point during the um, Bucks uh, during the last Bucks game, and he was saying like last season he feels that people just underestimated the fact that the Lakers have LeBron, AD, and defense in depth, and really like you can. Use all the statistics you want. You can, you know, cut it this way, cut it that way. But at the end of the day, you have two top five players plus decent depth plus defense. And if you look at the Nets, you know, yes, they have Harden and and KD, who are two uh, top ten players. They have Kyrie as well, who's you know a top whatever player. But they don't have the defense and they don't have the depth. So you know, if you are asking me who's going to win in a seven game series, I'll take the Lakers. I think one of one of one of the bits that is interesting, obviously. As, as Yaz mentioned, they are the total opposite of what we are in terms of their focus is paint play with bigs. That's that's how they want it. I do think their, their depth was sort of questioned up until playoffs came and everyone seemed to elevate to, to the level that they were maybe three or four years ago. So I think <laughs> their depth has been a little bit skewed. I think now now it's a bit overestimated as opposed to underestimated as it was last year. Um, but I think we we just have to be savvy with what we add. We don't need any more shooters. We don't need any more isolation players. We don't need any more playmakers. We need defenders. Michael Kidd Gilchrist could do a job. A Hollis nope, Jefferson nope, could do nope. a job. Any, any, of men, nope. any of these men are on a free. They're they're free agents. They're just sitting there. Nope, Bring them in and nope. see what you can drag out of them. Literally, that's it. Maybe just, for the maybe me. for the Jared Dudley role. Whatever role you're going to play them, if you need if you need a guy that has energy, go out and get them. If you need someone to just sit on somebody's shoulder and try and be a pest for for what 10, 11 minutes per game, if that, go out and get one of them. Get type your of get your own Wesley you know, Matthews. Look, last word last word of the pod is Canyon. I think is is pertinent to make yours in that. You're 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 up there on your high horse, reigning champ. Oh, high horse is just like. I'm not expecting much else. Like, but with what you're seeing about, in my Brooklyn, friends. my point is, with what you're seeing in Brooklyn, do you do you fear for it, or do you just think, nah, you're good? Now, I think it's sensible to fear because the fact that another team has got KD, Kyrie, not KD, Harden, and Kevin, 
what, um, what's his name? Kyrie, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I, on paper, like, it's obviously, you're like, wow, that's probably one of the most explosive offenses if they all get it going. But we also need to remember this is not 2K and you can't adjust the sliders and everyone's going to get 25 shots each and forget about the rest of the guys. But at the same time, I think it's a good point that Sai made is that last year our, our depth was kind of underestimated and this year it's overestimated, I think. So, yeah, I do think our depth this year is a bit overestimated, as we said at the start with like Harold and the soul and that we said a few pods ago. But in reality, I think, yeah, they're legit contenders. Like, I, th- I think they'll be disappointed if they don't make it out, um, if they don't make it out the, the East. And well and truly, they've got no one to defend us inside. We've got nobody to defend, to defend them outside. Like, LeBron is not defending anybody. AD can try his best, but they're not going to put him on KD because that's bad for anyone's mental. He's going to shoot that eyebrow off his I'm telling face. you. <laughs> <laughs> you come out and then, with two eyebrows. I'm telling you that, bro. I'm telling you. And then we've got all our perimeter guys. Cool. Let's let's run through real quick. You know, Wesley Matthews, supposed to be a decent defender. A shell of himself. Can still yeah, shoot nah, the, the games I have caught, Wes has not looked not looked Exactly. Good. Then you've got Schroeder. He'll try, but he's not holding on to Kyrie or, or Harden. So in reality, it's kind of just who stops scoring first. If we want to break it down to like its core core level of what's going to happen, it's who stops scoring first. But if you get into it, I think it's going to become to who is the better coach. And I think maybe, just maybe, like when, when it comes down to like crunch moments, if we do end up facing off, I think Vogel can out coach um, D'Antoni and Nash. And we got LeBron. Yeah, that's that's that's, <laughs> a, that's a, a big thing people miss out. Like LeBron's ability to just control a game, yeah, especially offensively. Um, we'll make it so slow, which is perfect because when yeah. we were getting cooked, when we won the first game of the playoffs um, last year, we were kind of pushing the pace a bit, and we lost against um, Portland. From there, everything just slowed down. Unless obviously it was a fast break, and we we're getting our stuff done. When the ball was in LeBron's hand, we took like five steps back and got the exact shot that we wanted. It didn't have to go in, but we kind of got the shots we wanted at all times. So I think that'll be a good thing for us, and we'll see how good our defense holds up against that three-headed beast. But I'm counting on Kyrie to be out of there by, by the deadline, so let's pray. <laughs> and, and, and quick little... You quick trade little Kyrie part. for... Uh, you trade Kyrie for, like, uh, an, an athletic version of 2010 Kendrick Perkins, then you uh, the Nets get instantly better. Does that I person think. exist, Greg? Like, you've had to dig deep for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that person exists, but um, <laughs> if he's out there, that's who the Nets need. <laughs> All right, boys. Thanks for your time. Listen, that's what we've got for this week. Um... Be interesting to see how this, especially that title chase unfolds now that Harden has landed. I think that has really solidified. Boom, we're here for the chip. Lakers have that gauntlet thrown down to them. We'll see what the Clippers can do there under the same sort of little caveat of the Bucks in terms of regular seasons, all well and good, but are the changes going to be made? Um, bless us ever, guys. Enjoyable as ever. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.